Michael Polkinghorn. Michael Polkinghorn. That's the name. What a name. That's the last That's name. That's like a right? D&D name. Yeah, right? <laughs> Polkinghorn. Pol- Polkinghorn. You want, you want some of the Polkinghorn brew? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a name. Yeah. A lot of you guys, like, if you're listening, like, we type... I cast tongues. I want to speak all languages right now. Um, What's up, everybody? <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Normac and Silvergate Podcast. It's your boy, Pat Swayze. It's your boy, Josh of the Roundtable. Yeah. We're here with episode 11. 11. Start of a new... What? One plus one. Two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two of us. got like a... Oh. <gasps> I just heard like the, 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 the horn from Inception in my head. Uh, but yeah, guys, oh, we're man. super excited. We hope you enjoyed the the last episode. It was a little mind fuck. Yeah, it was a little weird, guys. but we had a lot of fun with that one. Um, but yeah, we hope some of you have watched that movie by now. Mm-hmm. Um, and also for the what's to come, uh, you know, we are super excited to hear that some of you are excited to see what we got in store coming Word. for for twenty twenty one and yeah. in the future and beyond <laughs> twenty twenty and beyond. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, guys, um, we did mention. I think we mentioned it like. Two episodes ago. Two episodes ago, I think. That uh, <clears throat> the, the first newest book for Dungeons & Dragons coming out is the Candlekeep Mysteries. Yep. Excuse me. And they gave us a release date March of March 16th. 16th. Yep. So, with that, we we speculated. We thought. Uh, but we got some answers. But now we have more thoughts. Yes. And we, we have, have more answers. More thoughts. And some lore. Yes. Some cool-ass lore. Yeah. That I did not know. Neither did I. I swear, like, d and lore always amazes me because I never realized, like, how deep it goes. Yeah. it's It's been... It, it blows my mind, too, because it's been around for so long. Like <laughs> That was loud as shit. Yeah, we're sorry, guys. Um, uh, Just in case, just like forewarning, we yeah. we have a new location. Not permanent. We have a just temporary new temporary location. Temporary new location, so you might hear a lot of noise uh, in yeah, the background. So some things we can't control. Apologies. Um, but, yes. Uh, oof, uh, that really wow, mind that totally spliced. Wow, that totally threw me off. Gene splice! Like, that yeah. really... <laughs> Took my, my brain. Oh, remind me to show you something X-Men related after this is oh, over. Oh, God. But anyway. Okay. Um, <laughs> Somebody in the episode is going to be like, I hope he reminded him. <laughs> That's so, going to be a question. All right. So, Candlekeep, yes. March 16th. Yes. Super hype. We oh speculated God. already. Yes. Sort of about what we Oh, that's what I was saying. We were talking about lore. My yeah, bad. The D&D lore. The episode just started. We already went off, already all, messing off, up. off the rails. Already fucking up. Going <laughs> off track. <laughs> the D&D lore. <laughs> What what I was trying to say was yeah, yeah. we've been around for so long. We forget that yes, it is a game and there's lore for the game, but we always we always tend to forget that this started off as novels. Yeah. And you know novels always have to have extensive lore. Yeah. And um it's cool that with the information that we found out, we also know like the source. And like I've heard a name that I hadn't heard that you hadn't heard. I hadn't heard mm-hmm. it in a long time, but you hadn't heard it, period. Ever. Um Mr. Ed Greenwood, yeah. who is as much, much as I love D and D, I'm lost on a lot of the old heads. Yeah, Ed, Ed Greenwood, who's still around, still contributes, um, is one of the like, if not the person, one of the main inspirations for the Forgotten Realms. Yeah, helped to make all the you know the the cities, 
like you know had a lot of contrib- uh, contribution to Waterdeep and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Um, but he does have his main character that he messes with, much like I've already talked about Salvatore and Driss. And Driss. He has Elminster, which is a wizard. Is that one name? Yes. That L. It, it's like that's his first name, Elminster. Yeah, E L M I N S T E R. Does he have a last name? I don't know, but I know what he looks like because. If you've ever seen the D and D comic, okay, the old one, like that, I haven't. But damn, they used is to have he a, human. I bought them at Midtown. <laughs> really? Yeah, they're um, yeah, he's he is a human, but um, and he's like old, like he oh, okay. he has like the typical I'm wizard old look. wizard, like white hair, mm. like a big ass matted, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. fro, you know, the beard, all the, all yeah, the yeah, basic yeah. shit. But like, if you if you've ever seen the the omnibuses or yeah. whatever D and D comics, um, he's like the main guy. Okay. That you follow because you're following Elminster. He's always like finding new lore, finding items. He gets jobs to like go vacate this cave, but then he knows he might find some shit there because mm. he's smart or okay. whatever. Okay, okay, okay. Um, but that's I like that they mentioned that because now I'm like, oh fuck, like this is shit that I forgot. Yeah, and it's things that our listeners probably have no idea about, and you might. I know. Some I of don't... you might right now still have no drive to play the game, but now you're probably like, I just got new books to read. Yeah. Mad new books. The books go on forever. Talking about books going on forever, though. I mean, that's what Candlekeep is, right? Yeah. It's like a horde, a library of books. Just, I was going to say a horde of books. A horde. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, guys, we did find out that, um, so Candlekeep, right, is in the, if you look at the, the cover art for the book, yeah. it does look like, I mean, it looked like a cemetery at first to me. It, for me, it just looked like, I, I thought it was like a dungeon or, or something. Or like a chapel or something. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It, it had like that. But like they're surrounded by books, so you can assume it's probably like it was like a like a tome crypt yeah. type of thing. But it's actually an immensely extensive library mm-hmm. of pretty much a bunch of towers that act as libraries, all interconnected, all interconnected. So much so that no one knows how many towers are connected because that's how vast it is. Yeah, like in the lore, they said that like it started with just like one tower, like t- two clerics coming in to like build a tower, I guess to like their goddess of knowledge like gave them a vision to do so and then like before they could finish it another group of people showed up like hey we're also here to build the towers why don't we connect ours and then boom more and more people start showing up so more and more towers just filled with knowledge just start getting built and built and built until eventually they create this nexus of information of all varieties like you can have like i mentioned to you earlier you can excuse me you can have like a book that teaches you about how to achieve lichdom right next to a book about how to take care of your plants yeah Oh, and that was uh uh because we mentioned earlier uh to ourselves, but we're gonna share with you guys. Um, there's there's a fee. Yes, there's a payment. There's a payment to get into Candlekeep, which offers you ten days, ten days only to, to be there. But you get access to everything. everything. You literally just be like, I want to know about this, and they probably have a book about it. Yeah, and but the payment is something. It's it's you have to give them like something they don't have already, which is like let's say you have like. A book about how to make apple crumble pie, but it's like they have bunches of books about apple pie, but yours is like this specific kind of apple pie using like the specific kind of apple, and they're like, "Yo, we don't, we got apple pie, but we don't got that one." Exactly, so we take that, and then boom, and then you you're in for ten days. That's insane, though. Like, like the the amount of knowledge spells things that could probably end the world. Yeah, next to some like I assume here's there's some dumplings. I hope that. Like- <laughs> I hope they have like safeguards in place. Are they magical? No. <laughs> they, no, not at all. They're I hope just they amazing. 
They're just delicious. I just hope they have safeguards in place. With a place like that, like you got like doomsday weapons potentially at people's fingertips. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's not really what the module is going to be about. Oh, but they did mention that there were safeguards. Like as in... Oh, yeah. Well, outside. Are, yeah, like precautions yeah. within the keep, right? Like there's rules. Like you, true, Also, they don't let you wander around. Yeah, you're being watched. So like you have to... What they... How, what we found out is that when you go in, you're put in this place. I forgot what they call it, like the courtyard of wind or something oh, like something that. Like the, it was like the air, the courtyard of air or something like that. I think so. Yeah, but I you're think... put in this place that you cannot leave from, and you ask for them to bring you books. And while you're there, the weird part is you're hearing these prophecies that were created oh, yeah, right. by yeah. this guy called Alando the Seer. Never heard of him. Never heard of him before this. Nope. But apparently. His prophecies, he, he prophesies all these things that could happen in the in the, in the the multiverse or in the Forgotten Realms, I'm mm. not sure. And everything is incredibly accurate. But they're... Well, f- they said a lot of them... A lot of them are accurate. Yeah, some of them still haven't come to pass. Yeah, or some of them have never. happened or never will. Or, mm-hmm. But the point is you hear them while you're yes. there. And it's just like, not in a like a, abrasive kind of way, but like on the wind. Yeah, well, they also said that there were there were uh, monks that are there. There's four monks that are nonstop reciting these prophecies. Um, and it, like you said, you hear it on in the wind, but it's those monks endlessly uh, reciting those prophecies. Yeah, especially I think I think they're only doing the ones that haven't happened though, because they said it was the prophecies before. What you said the guy's name was Yolanda, Alondo, Alondo, whatever prophecy he made before passing. Yeah, they're reciting most of the ones that haven't come to pass yeah yeah so it's but again the cool thing is like the prophecies aren't like written down so like if you were to introduce this into any campaign you're playing you can make the prophecy literally anything you want like there is no concrete one yeah so if you want to introduce like the main bad guy somehow in your story like give a hint to him to the players you can just have a prophecy on the wind Mm -hmm. and then either they'll follow that or they won't but you know and i think that's cool yeah, no, that, that leaves a lot of possibilities. I mean, just for not even just dungeon masters, right? Because you have this freedom. Yeah. I mean, you always have this freedom, but this is just a cool prompt for you, right? Like, if yeah. you want to mention Candlekeep Mysteries, or what we um we heard earlier that Candlekeep is so vast, and you know that in most fantasy settings, there's always like an extensive library. It doesn't have to be Candlekeep. Yeah. You can reference some other library and have the same, I guess, like flow of what's going on in the in the library, right? Yeah. Like. The prophecies being chanted, people watching you, not being able to like steal anything. Mm-hmm. Um, they even said that there's always someone uh, casting like detect thoughts or uh, what was the other one? Detect thoughts. Detect and then, thoughts um, and oh, zone of truth. Zone of truth. There you go. Just to make sure that you're not here for any ill will. You're not trying to sabotage the library. You're not trying to, uh, you know, take some of this information and do yeah. something ridiculously terrible. So yeah. there is a safeguard in place, um, but yeah it's just it, it there's a lot to it and on top of the prophecies being interwoven into it there's also the most important part of candle keep the most important part of this book is the books themselves and oh, yeah. from what we understand every the 17 different anthology stories and each story is in some way involves a book in one way or another it's they're not that the not that necessarily that the characters are reading it but like some examples might be maybe your characters get pulled into the book oh yeah or um, maybe page it's master a, style yeah page master or maybe you get Sanctuary. like <laughs> or maybe you get taken maybe it's a story about i really don't know like how it's gonna work but mm. All we know is that it revolves around a book. Another one they mentioned has something to do with like a genie. Yeah, like it's not in the one book. book. Just to be clarified, like every oh, yeah. story is like a different book. Uh, like the the premise, 
So what they said was because they're not giving us information about every story that's in there or like the people writing them, but they're they're letting us know like as a writer there was like a mission statement saying yeah. like whatever your story is, whatever your mystery is, has to involve a book to some degree. Whether a book is part of a clue in your story that they can find in Candlekeep or the book itself has the mystery in it, like you said, you get sucked into the book, um, or Maybe there's a creature or something. It has to involve a book. That's the whole point of Candlekeep. Yeah. Either they find the book there or you need a book that intertwines with your story. But point is, books are important. Yeah. And while we were looking into the lore, actually, the one thing that we both like that stood out to both oh, was yeah. the name of one of the towers. I think they said it was the biggest tower or the first. or I'm not sure. But something about it was important. It's called Exaltation. Yeah. yeah. That's a crazy name we for both a went tower. Nani? We were both like, what? what a what a name and uh, i don't know i just of all of the because i skipped i've skipped a lot of uh i don't really have many um many of the campaign books i have most of just the supplement stuff just the Mm -hmm. add-ons same but i'm very intrigued by this yeah no i definitely i mean i did share my want for the uh the Icewind Dale one that just uh, passed. What was it called? The fucking the uh, Frost Maiden. The no. Frost uh, Ice Rhyme of the Frost Icewind Dale Rhyme of the Frost Maiden. Yeah, I, I genuinely wanted that one just because I know the areas that they're going to, and not only that, but like I, oh I, from Dritz. Yeah, but I also remember um, when they were pitching the campaign like like to advertise it they were saying that a lot of uh inspiration came from the thing the movie the thing oh yeah like that whole stuck in the frozen don't know what isolated what? yeah you don't know what to believe what to trust oh, shit yeah so like that that instantly oh, i, I like, want to play that now exactly yeah that's like, cool. <laughs> i didn't know it was like that yeah so i and chris perkins said that so you already know oh, like, that's cool he was, he's the man yeah he, so i like that and the fact that a lot of like this book in particular is connecting to a lot of other books because we did also hear that apparently because again we haven't played it and we haven't purchased it but there's also another campaign setting called descent into avernus yeah. which is super cool it had like this real it came heavy out last metal year, right was it last year or was it 2019 i'm not sure but it, no yeah i think it was 2019 2019 descent right? into avernus yeah so when it came out it was very like heavy metal it was very like hell oriented and yeah. like the nine hells and Joe Manganiello was really part of like pushing it because he had characters mm-hmm. in it, and there was like a lot of like just like those heavy metal death saves themes. Yeah, like the whole thing was like cars and yeah, shit. Yeah, like, like they had like some like weird death machines. Yeah, like this weird death bus. It was like a um, Mad Max yes, in hell. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So it was it was a lot of that, and that's exciting alone. But apparently, Candlekeep gets mentioned in Descent to Avernus in some degree. Yeah, and I'm sure was, somebody out there knows how. Yeah, I'm, I mean again. Yeah, yeah, sure. And it's probably quick. It's either really important or it's probably really quick, like a mention, like a, I don't know, like imagine mentioning Waterdeep yeah. in, a, in a campaign that's not Waterdeep, right? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. they're saying that if you, you know, go down that route in that campaign in Descent to Avernus, if you wanted to, when mentioning uh, Candlekeep, Myster- uh, Candlekeep, period, you can use stories from Candlekeep Mysteries and just really just play around with the idea of like that main campaign but here's yeah. some offshoot yeah, yeah, little yeah, adventures yeah, yeah. and again they don't have to go in a certain order when you're right. reading the book yeah it's 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 cool it's gonna be it's gonna definitely be intriguing and i think the the best part is that you have 17 different stories 17 different writers so no story is going to be exactly the same no and previously we had heard it's going to be like all female yeah we, well, we speculated we speculated that it was going to be all female but 
apparently it isn't yeah no it's definitely not um we definitely got a list of the writers most of the because they said 17 different authors but i'm already counting more than 18 19 people there yeah because if we look at the first three we mentioned which was kate welsh kate welsh marisha ray deborah anwell yes so those three all women right yeah we we thought that was a hint (laughs) for what was to come Mm-hmm. Um, but because we got this new list, now we know that, okay, it's not an all-female cast, if you will, of writers, which is still a good idea, though, guys. If, if anybody wants to come out with something <laughs> like that, I'm totally for it. Uh, like, I'm a big supporter of Girls Gluts Glory. Oh, yes. Uh, which is, for those of you who don't know, it's a D&D show, also a podcast, where it's all women. It's just a What's woman. the other one with uh, Siren something? Oh, uh, was it Team Phoenix you're talking about? Yeah, Siren uh, something. Shit. Damn Sorry, it. guys. We forgot. <laughs> but you can look up Satine Phoenix. She has yeah, her own yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but Girls Guts, Girls Guts Glory. Uh, all female uh, group of players and, and DMs. And like they're actually really cool because they actually like dress up and they actually like get into their characters. And it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty pleasing. So for any of you out there who don't want to hear guys talk all the time booyah but yeah it's not a it's not a sirens of the realms sirens of the realm but i don't think it's all women there's no there's there's some guys there too like yeah, yeah. um that dude that did that they should he showed up on um critical role for the vampire right. one shot yeah 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 but anyway so anyway. we did get a list of for sure authors part of this book and we also got their uh twitter handles if anybody feels like Go checking them out. Um, you want me to just like read the list off? Might Should as well. I, yeah, I read, it's yeah, it's going to be. Give some love out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we have, <clears throat> and forgive us for, because some of these names are pre-art. <laughs> but uh, I'll try my best. Uh, so we have at POC Gamer, which is Graham Barber. Um, I'm not going to spell everything out, but we're just going to run through them. So yeah, POC at POC Gamer. If you want to go check out Graham Barber, there's uh, Kelly Lynn Dang at Kelly Lynn Dang, which is Kelly Lynn D'Angelo. Um, Allison Huang, Huang at Drazilian. We have uh, Mark Hume. Yeah, much we know he does uh what's the name of his? isn't it high rollers high rollers yeah which is another D podcast um show and he's also a friend of like critical role and now yeah, part yeah. of just the community in, if you guys know general. critical role but not high rollers he was yeah. the guest character that he was the guest that played kaliana very early on in campaign two wow that was really good because i totally forgot her name i <laughs> always remember her because everybody i always get irked when people draw the art wrong oh the side of her that's yes, supposed to be dragon supposed to, she's supposed to have the dragon stuff on her left side yep. but people draw it on her right, right side and throw i hate i don't hate it it's still great art it's just, but it's just like it's, it's like putting zuko's scar on the wrong eye yes but continue you're right i feel you on that one um but he's also a big um mark humes is also a big uh like i want to say like advocate for like the european side of like because you know we got like everything happening in america and he just like Oh, right. Isn't you know, he, he brings that, like, international... Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know. yeah. Not to say that none of these other people don't. I'm just... But that's I like, have a reference for, like, a British D&D show. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, we have Jennifer Kretschmer, which we heard some good things about her. She's at Dream Wisp. Uh, Daniel Kwan, at Daniel H. Kwan. Uh, Adam Lee, at, at Adam of Adventure. Mm-hmm. Ari Levich, which is just at Ari Levich. Uh, Sarah Madsen, which is at unfettered muse mm-hmm. uh michael polkinghorn michael polkinghorn that's the name what a name that's a last that's name, like a right? D name yeah right <laughs> polkinghorn Pol- polkinghorn you want you want some of the polkinghorn brew <laughs> yeah exactly that's a name um <laughs> his twitter handle is at mike the goalie 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we have what was it? You, how you say you pronounce it? Thamor. Thamor. I think it's pronounced Tamor. 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 Remen. I'm not sure, dude. I'm uh, really whatever. Not sure. His Twitter handle is at Darkest Crows. He's from what we've heard is a new addition to the development team. He was an intern there. So like yeah. a lot of you guys, like if you're listening, like we type. I cast tongues. I want to speak all languages right now. Um, We totally took this as like inspiration for us because we do want to create content for you guys. We want to share with you. And a lot of these people who weren't originally part of Wizards of the Coast started off either getting some notoriety in the DMs Guild or, you know, interning or just writing short stories. So we're definitely going to like up the production value on our end. Yeah, And we hope you guys are there to enjoy. For sure. Um, but I'm almost done. So we have Derek Ruiz, which is at Elvin Tower. We have Kiana Shaw, which is at Kiana S. Uh, Brandis Stoddard, which is just at Brandis Stoddard. Uh, Amy Vorpal, which is at Vorpal Sword. And then we have Tony Winslow Brill at Vorgrith. Yeah. And then obviously we have the other three that we mentioned yeah, before. Yeah, Deborah Ann Wall and Marisha Deborah Ann Wall, Marisha Ray, and, and, Kate, and Welch. Kate Welch, which aren't mentioned in that writer's list, but I'm sure their involvement is... Yeah, I don't think they would have just mentioned them. them for nothing. I'm sure their involvement is something somewhere in there. Where? We'll have to find out when the mysteries come mm-hmm. out. By the way, what if you were going to write one of these? <laughs> what would you... You don't have to go in, but like, what oh. kind of mystery would you write? I already know what I would write. So you go first, bro. All right. Yeah, I would definitely write some... some sort of like D&D detective thing mm-hmm. with like some like eldritch horror mixed in there. Oh, I mean. Yeah, man. Like, I, I could have looked some... at you and told you that. Yeah, exactly. That's... I would want some. And you're wearing a shirt. Exactly. I'm sorry for like, that. I love oh. like, I love, I love like crime noir stories and I love like that old like de- de- gritty like detective or private investigator kind of thing. Mm-hmm. They all have very similar tropes and I think the trope is great. And then once you just throw in like Eldritch Horror on top of that, but in a subtle way, like mm-hmm. not like make that the main, like make that the main focus, but you never see the whole Eldritch mm-hmm. Horror. It's just about that. Yeah. I think that would that, be like uh, way cooler. Damn. That's an actual thing, a term, and I lost all knowledge when that gene splice happened earlier. Uh, <laughs> gene splice. Gene splice. Damn, it's an actual theme. It's like, it's that, it's that uh, villain in a movie where you never see them. So you never, it's that horror effect of never, like knowing the possibility of what they could do yeah. and never seeing them do it. Just being yeah. afraid of the possibility. Yeah. That's, I'm guessing yeah. what's, that's More the theme less. you're playing with. Like I would want something like that or like an investigation into them or into like some sort of group surrounding them. Like essentially what I'm, I'm saying is like I'm writing like an HP Lovecraft story in d Oh, absolutely. And I think that would be, that's exactly the kind of thing I would do. I see. This is why I'm, I know what I would have done like instinctually, yeah. right? With the information that we got for Candlekeep, we know that every story is a one-shot little adventure, which is like roughly between 10 and 12 pages, yeah. right? With 17 stories, you have like at least 170 pages yeah. going to like 200, right? Knowing me, instinctually, I'm not writing 10 to 12 pages. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely doing something that's way longer than that because in like just when you asked me and as soon as you went to what you love... I was like, I'm, I'm gonna piggyback off the our last episode. I love timey wimey stuff. So I, if I would have did a mystery, it's gonna time involve, shit? yeah. But like, you might not be the time travelers, yeah. But you're dealing with effects, oh yeah, that have been caused that, because be cool. of time travel, and yeah. we have to break down, like you know, like I would do like a tenant style campaign, right? I would do one where it's like you're 
finding clues to things that have either happened already or are going to happen. Yeah. And you have to compile those the right way. Yeah. And kind of solve this thing out. And I think I would do the same thing as you. Like, my villain or my big bad probably would never even show up because you've probably dealt with them already. You know what? I would be an asshole and introduce you to the big bad in the beginning, in the beginning. as an NPC. Yeah. And it's the big bad the whole and time. them all along. I think the challenge is, I think the challenge that comes, because coming over to Mystery is easy. I think the challenge comes from making it 10 to 12 pages. I, want, I just want to tell you, I don't want to cut you off, but I, I got excited explaining that and you smiling. Like, I was like, <laughs> I was like, now I want to do it. <laughs> I think the challenge comes from the 10 to 12 pages yeah. and also the fact that it has to be like somehow based about a book. I think that's the challenge. Yeah. Like, that's the, I mean, not, I'm not saying that they were intentionally challenging these people, but they had like, you know, they had a criteria and it's like, you oh, gotta yeah. meet that. And the fact that they met that I mean, it's pretty prestigious. Like, this is like a, this is, I'm looking forward to seeing some of these names, depending, I mean, I'm sure I'm going to have my favorites and my least favorites, mm-hmm. but like, I'm looking forward to see where these people go into, into next, into oh, other campaign yeah, yeah. settings. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, this guy, Tamor, who's new, is an intern, maybe he moves on to the next campaign setting, whatever the fuck that's going to be, we don't know, but hopefully. Did yeah. you pre-order this book already, by the way? Uh, I didn't, because I do want the alternative, oh, want the alternative cover. Um, alternative cover is great. But to add to what you were saying, um... We did also find out, guys, that the the Candlekeep Mysteries is between the levels of 1 and, and 16, 16. And we can only assume that every, at least one adventure is of a level type. Yeah. Because it only is 10 to 12 pages. There's not a, a lot of room to level up it in It means that. you can throw it in anywhere. Yeah. So we do assume that each adventure caters to a level type. Yeah. Um. So that might help you in adding whatever adventures you want to your campaign. Um, but I'm actually as a writer, like I'm, I'm excited to see what boundaries and limitations these writers had to do not only 12, 10 to 12 pages, but doing a certain level type, what yeah. monsters are they fighting? Like, you know, like I think that's you a know what challenge I'm on its own. really looking forward to. If there's one kind of thing that I really am looking forward to a mystery that has no combat. Oh yeah. It's no. all like, yeah, like you said, skill work. checks. Yeah. Just like no com- regular ass skill checks, just like mm-hmm. puzzle solving. And skill checks, and the only way you take damage is just by failing said mm. skill check versus well, like traps some hazard like or trap or something yeah. like that. I, I think something that you just made me think about that's really cool is these adventures, if they are like less on the combat side, would make people create characters that have proficiencies in the in, in the, other things in other things that they normally don't. Right, like arcana, history, mm-hmm. nature checks, yeah. stuff like that to like. That's not because then yeah, a mystery. You get it? Yeah, I get exactly what you're saying. Sorry to cut you off, but like oh, a, you're mis- a mystery like that, then those skills become important now in a mystery like that. Because if you go in and you're, let's say, everybody in your party is like, just super smack yep. heavy, yeah, and you're like the one smart guy, and you you're usually hang, hang back. You don't do a lot of damage. You have no kills. You come into this mystery, and it's like, y'all got to investigate. Do your you, thing. You the one. You like. Put My that time monocle shot, on. And then suddenly everybody realizes how important your character is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not saying that's every dynamic of every table, but. No, it does. It's, it a, helps. it's a similar. It's a very familiar trope. Yeah. And it helps that person be important. So if there is such a game and you have such a player, maybe you want to have them shine for a little while and you throw them into this mystery. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's like the wizard thing we know, right? Like we know yeah. intelligence is the only. Wizards are the only like intelligence based class. Yeah. Other than subclasses of other, other classes, classes, but they're yeah. the only intelligence-based class. So they're the only class that really has investigation, yeah. really high, arcana, history, insight, and stuff like that. Yeah. So, so you know, like having 
adventures that cater to that, you you're gonna have these other characters that specialize in dexterity, strength, wisdom, charisma, but they're gonna want to put their whatever given proficiencies they can choose into the intelligence. You might have some ones. people trying to respect after yeah, this adventure. Might be like, I think man, that's I be smarter. I like that. Yeah, I like man. that. But um, but yeah, guys, that uh, it's I mean, quick, it's quick little yeah. Quick we little jaunt. we we don't want to keep you here too long because again, this isn't concrete information like we just got a little bit more information for you and you know i mean as more comes out we keep talking about yeah, it. yeah absolutely we'll keep uh filling you guys in i mean by the time this airs it's gonna be like late it's january gonna, early february yeah so we still have away. yeah it was like a month and a half ish so you know we'll, we'll keep filling you in um but we we are excited to tell you that not only we're we excited for this but we're we're like really in the process of making some shit for you guys yeah so we, uh, you know, we're looking forward to that. And um, to end yeah. it off. Yeah, man. Where'd that die go? Oh, Where did it go? <laughs> uh, I believe it is behind you. Okay, here it is. Do not. You I'm not going to roll first. There. Yep, I'm going to roll first. I think I won last time. So I'm gonna, yeah, I did. I so I'll even... roll first. Oh, you did. That's still loud. Ooh. Right. That was still loud, but. All right, he got an 11. He got an 11. He got an 11. All right. 11's not bad. Ooh, eight. I knew I was gonna lose. Ooh. I grabbed that die before we started recording, guys, and I rolled a nineteen. And I said I lost my juice. Yep. I, I lost the, jo- yep. the, the yep. mojo. All right, whatever, well, guys. What is that? Like four two? I don't know at this point. It's high. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna have to. I'm, I'm gonna have you. to consult with Alondo. Beating your ass. See what prophecy. <laughs> I Do I you. come back? I told you. I did this already. <laughs> no, fuck you. I'm not doing this again. <laughs> I'll go. I'm, I'm I did this already. No. All right, guys. Guys. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Peace Thank you. Out. Love you guys. Love you. Enjoy. Peace.